Well, good morning. Good to see you. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we're going to start and end today. We're just going to camp out in Ephesians chapter 4. So good to see everybody this morning. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited this morning. I'm rejoicing because it was rain and not white stuff. Can I get an amen? Anybody else just like, man, I was looking at the beginning of the week and I'm like, no, we're going to have to cancel one of our services again or maybe both of them or something like that. I didn't even write my message until Thursday, just kind of hold out and kind of see and, and, um, and, and then as it kind of shifted uh, to rain and, and I, was, I was excited about that. Um, Ian mentioned while he was praying about our base camp on Thursday night and uh, we had uh, I think, I don't, I don't even know, uh, I think we had about 30 or so pastor numbers. We had a little over 100 um, in the room next door here. It was about 31, I think. Um, but uh, we, we kicked that off. And if you want to jump in, I've already had this conversation with somebody this morning. Um, at week two this Thursday, feel free. And then you can catch week one again the next time around with base camp. Uh, but I thought it was it was an awesome time together. We shifted the focus and we actually started this base camp asking the question, what is the church? What is the church? And we had a very exciting conversation, I think exciting, around what is uh, the church. And so feel free to join us. And that's kind of what we're talking about um, in this series that we're in right now on one anothering, right? One anothering. We talked about uh, we've talked about encouraging one another. Uh, we've talked about loving one another. Um, next Sunday, we're going to talk about praying for one another. Uh, two Sundays from now, we're going to talk about serving one another. Today, we're going to talk about be kind and forgive one another. Be kind and forgive one another. Now, before you tune, tune me out with that, right, as we're talking about forgiveness, Russ and I were joking in the hallway just a couple minutes ago because uh, Thursday was Russ's birthday. Happy birthday, Russ. You know, and you know, what, you know what Russ loves for his birthday? He's down here on the front row. He loves birthday hugs, okay? So after the service, if you would please come up. Russ is off his six-month sabbatical. He's missed you, and he would love a birthday hug. Right, Russ? More than words can say. I called Russ. I called Russ. you got to stick around for the second service now because this is too good. I wasn't even planning this. Um, but uh, I called Russ on Thursday to wish him a happy birthday. I left him a very, very sweet and detailed message wishing him a happy birthday. And guess what? He never called me back. Hence the reason I'm telling all of you to give him hugs. Okay? That's what you get, right? When you don't call me back, right? And so, um, and so we're going to talk about forgiveness. And as Russ told me in the hallway, he said, I'm glad you've let that one go. And I told him I probably will by the end of the message when I get convicted about how I, I haven't forgiven you for not calling me back on Thursday. So uh, <laughs> we're, having, we're having good fun. But the reality is unforgiveness leads to bitterness, right? Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And then bitterness takes root in our heart and causes all kinds of havoc. It wreaks havoc in our heart. And as I was meeting with somebody this past week, we were sitting down for coffee, and, and they said, you know, I've realized that I can only grow so much without the support of a community. I love that. 
I love that. I can only grow so much without the support of a community. And that's the whole point of this one anothering sermon series because, because we've got, we've got to, listen to me, church, we've got to learn how to one another. We've got to learn how to one another throughout our everyday life because we're not good enough, we're not strong enough to do this on our own. We weren't created to. We weren't created to. We are, we are, just to steal a little uh, a slogan from the last couple of years, did you know that 104 Sundays ago we met on this night to sign our lives away and join together at Summit Church? Summit Church was created 104 Sundays ago today. Isn't that awesome? We are better together. We're better together as Summit. We're better together as this group of people. We're better together. And so if you think about the people that you're around right now, believe it or not, want to or not, feel like it or not, you're better with those people around you. We need each other. We need each other. We need each other. And that's a hard thing to come to in our kind of individualistic, do-it-yourself um, uh, type of culture where we're almost defined, we're almost measured by how many things we can accomplish on our own, and yet that's not God's way for us. That's not God's way for us. That's not God's way for us. And so I want to talk about that today. Um, one big thing uh, to one anothering is being kind and forgiving to one another. But before we dive into our text in Ephesians chapter 4, I want us to ask ourselves the question, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? James Merritt tells us that it literally means to let go or to send away. To let go or to send away. Forgiveness is when you release to the Lord any bitterness that you might feel you have a right to have towards someone else. Did you get that? Forgiveness is when you release to the Lord. Now get that. When you release to God any bitterness that you might feel you have a right to have towards someone else. Because I know the temptation when we talk about, when we talk about forgiveness, right? Oh, pastor, I know what the Bible says about forgiveness. I know I'm supposed to forgive this person. But you just have no idea the magnitude of what they did. Now listen to me, church. I've got to tell you this morning, and you're not going to want to hear this because I don't want to hear this. It doesn't matter. Whether they didn't call you back when you were trying to be nice and wish them a happy birthday, or they stole $1,000 from you, it doesn't matter. Don't get any idea. I don't even think I have 1000 bucks for you to steal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Forgiveness is when we release to the Lord any bitterness that you might feel you have a right to have towards someone else. I deserve to hold on to this for a while. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because I'm going to spoil the ending of the message for you for just a little bit. What if Jesus did that before He went to the cross? See, See, we're going to get to it. It's actually our last point. But Jesus has set the model for forgiveness that doesn't include holding on to it. No matter what. No matter what. Okay? Alright. 
Let's keep talking about it. Um, it is the willingness to send both the offender and the offense away into the hands of God and let God take care of the matter. Another, another um, uh, Dr. Archibald Hart defines forgiveness as giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. I love that. Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. See, we all need to be forgivers. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be a forgiver. This side did it. This side's got some bitterness that they're just <laughs> dealing with. Okay, look at your other neighbor and say, you need to be a forgiver. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Psychologists and pastors agree in an article that was written that forgiveness is the only cure for bitterness. Forgiveness is the only cure for bitterness. If we're going to have healthy relationships, we must forgive. And even more important, God wants to forgive, and the Scripture tells us why in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. Um, so, let's jump there. Therefore, Paul says to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak truth, speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. You know what that means right there? That if we stay angry, if we hold on to things, if we let things take root and, 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 and start to create this bitterness, guess what? We're opening the door for the devil to wreak havoc in our lives. Verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Let me read verse 32 again. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Be kind to one another. Be kind to one another. So, I've got five things I want to talk about from these verses about forgiveness and being kind to one another. Um, because I think it is kind to forgive one another. I think that's kind of the point here that Paul is getting at in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 to the, to the letter to the church at Ephesus. And the first thing he says is we forgive because forgiveness spreads God's grace to more people. Forgiveness spreads God's grace to more people. Verse 29 reminds us that all people need the grace of God in their lives. Look at verse 29. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. That's challenging, isn't it? Whew. Paul could have left that out, couldn't he? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace, here it is, to those who hear. What if the only words that came out of our mouths were words that built each other up? That's challenging, isn't it? 
What a thought, right? What a thought. What a thought. Oh, but pastor, we're all sinners. I know, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. It's okay. Just hang tight. Just hang tight. The corrupt talk here, or unwholesome talk here, uh, it would include any words that are rotten, not fit for use, the sort of words we tend to use when we, for, we, when we refuse to forgive someone, right? Well, they deserve for me to go darker. Uh, what, what do the kids say today? For, to ghost them for a certain time, right? They deserve that. And this, and this idea of grace to all, the root word for grace is joy or good cheer. So grace in general that Paul talks about, giving grace to those who hear, to all who hear, right? Grace in general is something that brings joy or delight or goodwill. So when we're talking about something that gives grace to all, it's a merciful kindness of God that draws us to Jesus and saves our souls. And here's the truth, church. Everybody knows needs God's grace everybody needs God's grace everybody needs God's grace and your forgiveness can help share God's grace even especially let's say especially when they don't deserve it especially when we don't feel like it especially God wants us to live in such a way where we spread His grace to everyone around us. Because we already talked about it, the fruit of that is joy, right? The fruit of that, the fruit of that is good cheer. The fruit of that is delight, right? And so God wants us to live in such a, a way that we spread His delight to everyone around us. And so here's a question. Can people see Jesus in you? Can people see Jesus in us? Can, can they find His patience in us? Can they see His love in us? Can they see His forgiveness in us? Can they see His forgiveness in us? See, forgiveness spreads God's grace to more people. We forgive because forgiveness spreads God's grace to more people. Number two, we forgive because refusing to forgive grieves the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 30. Look at verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Refusing to forgive grieves God's Spirit. See, most of us know something about grief, don't we? Most of us know something about grief. I was talking to a few people even before the service that are just walking through different stages, different levels of grief right now when you're in this room. Most of us have been touched by grief on some level. Listen to me, church. Grief is the reaction we have to loss. Any type of loss. Any kind of loss. Right? It affects us spiritually. It affects us emotionally. It affects us even physically. Grief hurts. The pain and sorrow can be intense. And grief isn't just about death of a loved one. There's many types of loss that bring grief. A marriage ends in divorce. A friendship falls apart. Your friend doesn't call you back when you're just trying to wish him happy birthday. You've got to stick around for the second service. It's too good. Someone we move, uh, someone we love moves away. Right? Someone we love moves away. There's grief in that. Something we care about is stolen. Even the loss of a pet, even if you're a cat person and your cat goes, it can bring grief for some particular people. There are different types of grief. 
And it's, and it's tied to any, any type of loss. We have grief when, whenever someone hurts us. Maybe they betrayed our trust. Maybe their words cut us like a knife. And here's a question. Why would a loving God allow us to go through grief? Why would God allow us to go through grief? This is not a throwaway answer, but the truth is we live in a world broken by sin. Right? We live in a world broken by sin. But God is moving His children toward a day when there will be no grief. God is moving His children to a day where He will wipe away all of our tears. Until that day, we will go through sorrow. We will go through loss. We will go through hardship. But maybe our grief can help us understand God's grief. See, most people don't think about this, but God has feelings too. Our sin brings Him sorrow. Our sin breaks His heart. Refusing to forgive grieves God's spirit. And so a question we need to ask ourselves is are we holding on to the hurts that God wants us to forgive? One of my favorite attributes about God that we don't talk about a lot in the church is how God, and we, we sang about it in that last song when we said, He is jealous for me. We serve a jealous God. We're reading a book as a staff right now about idols. And um, one of the things that, that the author points out is that God is jealous over the things that we place in front of Him. And anything that we place in front of God is an idol. It's called an idol. That's kind of the definition, right? And so God is jealous over the idols that we place in front of Him. Whether it's a team, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, it doesn't matter. Anything that we place in front of God is defined as an idol. And God gets jealous over that because He's a jealous God over our hearts. Why? Because He bought them with the price of His Son. We serve a jealous God who wants a relationship with us. And so these old grievances that we're hanging on to, they may not be hanging from our ceiling, but they're hanging in our hearts. And if we refuse to forgive, we are grieving God's Spirit. Be a forgiver. Be a forgiver. Number three. Third reason we need to forgive is because no one's perfect. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not perfect. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. Now don't slap your neighbor back, okay? That's not godly. That's not Christ-like, okay? Alright? Alright, that's not nice, Okay? No one is perfect. Look at verses 31-32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Paul surely wasn't speaking to perfect people here. He surely wasn't speaking to perfect people. Paul knew that all of us would need forgiveness at one time or another because none of us is perfect. Now, by the grace of God, believers, we're heading toward perfection. We're heading toward righteousness, but we haven't arrived at anything yet. We're nowhere yet. And one reason for us to forgive is because hopefully we're wise enough to understand that sometimes the shoe is going to be 
on the other foot, we will need to be forgiven by someone as well. The only perfect person who ever lived was Jesus. None of us is perfect. All of us are going to need forgiveness. All of us are going to need forgiveness. That's a good reason for us to forgive. Let me tell you where I think we uh, maybe go wrong or maybe fall in this area. is I, I believe more than ever, we're holding people at an, at a, at an unfair standard. We're holding people just at a higher standard than we ought to. And so when they let us down, our whole world falls apart. Our whole world falls apart, right? I mean, think about it for just a moment. Um, uh, If I, right, I I was talking about this the other day. Um... Now, this is judgment-free zone, right? We're talking about encouraging, forgiving one another, okay? I was thinking about this the other day. I have a standard, right? I have a standard that I would love for my kids' rooms to be at. A standard of cleanliness, right? A standard of cleanliness. Um... One of my kids, not to be named, because I don't want to embarrass them right now, one of my kids, not to be named, had to clean their room this weekend before they could go over to a friend's house. And I walked into the room twice and pointed out trash that was clearly on the floor, right? I mean, right there. Right there. That they thought was done and picked up and cleaned. You gave it away. I didn't. Okay? You got to sit in the second service now, too. And I was, I was, I was meeting with a, a friend yesterday morning for coffee, and we we're, we're, were talking about this. We we're just, we we're just kind of talking back and forth. And, and, and he said, you know, he said, it's funny. When, when did it click for you to clean your room? I'm like, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter, right? I'm trying to learn my kids before I learned, right? Because that's the thing. But but here's the reality. I'm holding, at times, right? I do think as parents, we ought to set standards and expectations and all that, yada, yada, yada. This, This message isn't about parenting. But am I holding my kids to an unfair standard? And when they let me down in that standard... Right? How does it affect me and how I care about them and how I treat them? You see that? We do it all the time with pastors today. Do it all the time with pastors or the, or the quote-unquote, this shouldn't even be a thing, but it is a thing. I read an article uh, just, just Friday. Kristen sent me an article and said, read this. And, and, it was, and it was an article about these Christian celebrities. That's like an, what do you call that, an oxymoron? Yeah, an oxymoron. That's like, you can drop the oxy out of that. I mean, that's, that's just moronic. <laughs> this idea of Christian celebrities. There's one. And his name is Jesus. But yeah, we hold these people to a high standard and then when they fall, we're shocked. We're shocked that they're broken too. 
that they're broken too. We ought to forgive people because no one's perfect. And chances are that person that you're disappointed by, that fell, chances are they're walking through the same hurts, the same fears, the same disappointments, the same insecurities that you're walking through. That you're walking through. Number four. We ought to forgive each other because we have the power of God at work in our hearts. We ought to forgive each other because God's power is at work in our hearts. Look at verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Doesn't that sound so simple? Oh, and along with all malice. See, listen to me, church. Verse 31 reminds us that God is at work in our hearts. Paul said, let all of these bad things, let all of these things that bring us down, let them just be put away. In other words, let these things be put away by God. Let them be raised up, lifted up, and carried away. See, here's the truth of the matter. You might not be able to forgive that person, but God through you can forgive that person. He can take that away from you. He can lift that. In your life. He can. He can. God can take that away. Let them be raised up, lifted, carried away. God's Word uses this passive voice in the verse to remind us that God is working in our hearts to transform the way we live. See, God's goal for us is to grow into all that we can be. Right? God's will for us is this spiritual growth. And a big part of that is forgiveness. A big part of that is forgiveness. God wants to use His children to be forgivers because He was a forgiver. God's will for us is to grow. God's will for us is to grow, but we can't grow on our own. Not only do we need each other's help, but firstly, we, we must have God's help. And He can give us an amazing power to forgive. It's certainly possible for our hearts to be changed. There's a story I read this past week about forgiveness. Um, Maybe you've heard of the author and student leader Josh McDowell. He was really popular way back when. He wrote of the love and forgiveness he found for his own dad. Listen to part of his testimony. I'm going to read this so I get it right. My dad epitomized everything I hated. He was the town drunk. My high school friends would make jokes about him making a fool of himself around town. Sometimes when we had company, I would tie dad up in the barn and tell them he had to go on an important call. Isn't that sad? We would literally tie his dad up in the barn and tell people he had to go on an important call. When Josh became a Christian, God's grace transformed his hatred from his first father into love. Shortly after getting saved, Josh was injured in a car accident. His dad came to visit him in the hospital room. At one point, as they were talking together, dad broke down and said, Josh, I've been the worst kind of father to you. How can you love a man like me? Josh answered, Dad, six months ago I couldn't. But now, through Jesus, I love you. Josh explained what God's grace had done in his life, and he told his dad about the cross. Before leaving that hospital room, Josh McDowell's father had committed his life to Jesus. He was a changed man. 
He was a changed man. Many people who saw the change in his life also came to know Jesus. And a year later, a year later, Josh McDowell's dad died at peace with God and at peace with his son. What a testimony. What a testimony. God gives us the power to forgive. God gives us the power to forgive. God gives us the power of God's grace, the power at work in the life of a believer, the power to forgive. We must forgive because we have God's power at work in our hearts. And then lastly, we forgive because Jesus gives us the perfect pattern of forgiveness. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. As God in Christ forgave you. I love the verse that says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, His forgiveness is undeserved. It's unlimited. It's unending. His forgiveness is compassionate, costly, complete. He forgives us sacrificially, lovingly, patiently, repeatedly, eternally. Jesus gave His blood on the cross so that we might live forever. Ephesians 1, 7 says this, In Jesus we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. God calls us to forgive as we have been forgiven. As we've been forgiven. Remember that forgiveness means letting go. Sending away. Forgiveness is releasing to the Lord any bitterness you might feel or have a right to feel you have towards someone else. Forgiveness is giving up my hurt. Giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. My question for us is will we do that today? If we're going to one another each other, if we're going to love one another, if we're going to be kind to one another, I believe that if we're going to have healthy relationships, we've got to forgive. See, many of us hold people at arm's length, not because of the way they make us feel, but because of something that happened 10 years ago that we haven't dealt with. We've got to be a people that forgives. So here's my question. What do you need to forgive? What do you need to forgive? Or what do you need to ask forgiveness for? What do you need to ask forgiveness for? What's something you've been holding on to? Or maybe God's been bringing back to mind. Or maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, man, this is, this is eating me alive. Ephesians chapter 2 and 3 both talk about how it's for freedom that Christ set you free. That, that, that the reason Jesus went to the cross was to set us free so that we could have life forever. Listen to me, church, you're not meant to carry that any longer. Ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness. 
What would it look like if we were a people that forgave and were forgiven? And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that if we looked deep inside of our hearts, there is probably something that we need to forgive or ask forgiveness for. That we need to forgive or ask forgiveness for. And my prayer for you today, as the worship team is going to make their way up here, my prayer for you today is that you would have the boldness according to Scripture, to be people of forgiveness. Whatever, whatever end you're on, whatever side you're on of that, whether you need forgiveness or whether you need to give forgiveness, that we would be a people that is kind to one another in forgiving one another. In forgiving one another. In forgiving one another. Every eye bowed, every eye closed. I just want to finish like this. Seriously, nobody looking around. You may be sitting here this morning. You may say, you know what? It's really hard for me to forgive because I haven't been forgiven by God. Maybe your step today is to sit and say, I need God's forgiveness in my life. I need to be a child of God. I need to turn everything over to Him. Yeah, I've got hurts, Pastor, and they're deep. I've got stuff. And listen listen to me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just, just hear my voice. Just hear my voice in this. Many of us feel like we've got to go and work all of that out before we can come to God. And that is not the case. We bring those things to the feet of Jesus and we ask for His help in walking through those things. And so maybe you're sitting here this morning you're like, man, I've been fighting. I've been trying to figure this thing out. Have you tried bringing it to Jesus? And I believe if that's you here, you've felt God knocking on the door of your heart. And today, we want to give you an opportunity to respond. If you're sitting here today and you say, man, I just need God's forgiveness in my life. I need a relationship with Jesus and I've never had one. I'm not going to ask you to come down front, but would you just lift up your hand? Anybody at all that says, I need a relationship with Jesus today. Okay, anybody else? Okay, anybody else? Anybody else? Today you need God's forgiveness. And the door to that is a relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? I saw two. Yeah, okay. Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. If that was you, I'm going to say a prayer and invite you to repeat after me. You can repeat silently in your heart, the God that searches hearts and minds will hear you. Just say, Dear God, I'm a sinner. And I need forgiveness. God, I want to be a forgiver and I want to be forgiven. And I know the first step in that is to turn to You. And so God, would You come into my heart and live in me forever.
In Jesus' name.